and welcome back to New Wakanda. This is Dejan Sneed, joined as always by my co-host, Talon Kell. Hey, what's up? Hey, and it is a fall 2020 check-in and review of all the awesome things that we've been up to and kind of showing a proof of life and uh, that we are still out and about here in our creative world and that 2020 has not yet claimed us, but we have things to claim and, and good news in its year to claim for ourselves. So first and foremost, Talon, how are you? Uh, you know, I, I actually want to back up. You said you we got good news to claim. Yeah, that was me, you know, putting on a, a false face and trying to act like that. That was, a, you know, a lot of positive things that are about to come and, uh, you know, flourish forward. But at the same time, uh, to say that there still is there is still hope that the year is uh, is not going to consume us. So I thought that was a positive. And then the second part of that we actually have been doing some cool things since last we all spoke. So I think you know I said I'd take two and run with it. Okay, all right. I mean I'm going to say you've done some cool things. That's for sure. Um, and between a lot of very stressful thing like this year is just off the rails for stress um and it's so funny how we're in the house now right for the most part like we're not doing conventions we're not going to events um and yet somehow or other this shit is still way more stressful than you know the years where we have been going to stuff and then trying to manage our lives in between all the different activities we've been doing Oh no! Absolutely, it's yeah. You know, stress. I think at this point, it's it's not even a word to say that I'm stressed or I have a lot going on. It's just the so it's just human basic survival. Yeah. You know, do do have you know have some has someone heard from you in in the past couple of weeks? Do we need to do just a literal health check? I think outside of that, I think that's been the that's the base that we're working on right now. Yeah. So again, the. The, the rest of it, if if there is anything, I think that's why I felt like that earlier. It's all positive. If you can say anything else besides I survived my last health check, you're you're ahead of the curve. Yeah. So, but yeah, I mean, with that said, how are you? Um, you know, um, <laughs> I am trying to get to a place of equilibrium. Like, okay, so 2020. I don't want to do a retrospective. I was starting to. We're going to do a retrospective in another episode, so I'm not really going to get into it. That said, um, I, it's it's been a lot of adjusting to a lot of very um, hard changes, uh, very intense changes that just shake up everything, like the whole foundation from how my day goes, to how my week goes, to how my month goes, and just trying to figure out how I can still be okay in all of that. And um, one of the ways that I've had to do it was by being quote unquote less productive or at least productive in a different kind of way and not making productivity like my big, big, you know, thing all the time. Just trying to figure out how to have a have a good time <laughs> during the time that we are we are here because uh, th- th- this shit's awful. <laughs> yeah, awful, awful is a, is definitely a uh, a descriptor for a lot of stuff. But no, I, I get what you're saying. It's 
so much that you have to block out just to say the the productivity of okay i'm going to make a a new cosplay or i'm going to make a new book or anything that's in that creative sense that we all may be known for it's the the timeline for that of completion and at least again to speak for myself just seems like if i can even try to write something today that's that's a positive or even thinking about the action of doing it sometimes has to be enough because i i can again not to make it a retrospective but it is a lot of other things that get in the way of creativity and again when we have to weigh survivability with creativity you know one one obviously is winning out and the other one is not and a lot of people creative and non-creative are in the, it's just simply in survivability mode and it's it's understandable and i think that's kind of the part and again i keep saying not to make it a retrospective but I, i've been there and for me, I'm I'm, in the, I'm on the same page as far as there's a lot of things I've had to redefine as far as what makes it this is okay, or at least for me, what is okay for me on the what did I make so far? And for me, it's been just taking away timelines. There's been one part, and then another part's been really divesting away from social media. Because then it's the idea of, well, I see somebody else doing something. Why aren't you doing something? So yeah, the I, comparison. I, yeah, it's a, a comparison at a, at a poor time. Um, we'll do it. And it's done it. So my thought was, you know what? I am not even going to worry about putting a, a post up to say, hey, I'm, I'm doing this or, hey, look for that. Because I've had too many deadlines and things like this just come and go, and honestly, I'm still here for it. So I'm I'm good with the the openness of my schedule right now. Though that openness doesn't mean that things uh, aren't important. I think it's more things of me saying, okay, I might be a little bit more important than this project that I had in mind. And for the first time in a while, that's that's kind of been a, a thing that. I really try to work on and say that's all right. I feel you on that. And that's, that's a hard one. That is super hard one because so often we define ourselves. We find our worth in the things that we do, the stuff that we create our productivity and um, to sit back and say, I'm more than that. And I need more than that. And that is just one facet of my existence. And it's not even like, in my opinion, the most important facet of it. Um, it, it, it. It's hard to get into that space to say that because our society is so much about what are you doing? What makes you special? What are you creating? What are you producing? Like literally, you know, we define ourselves by our worth and our value to those around us. And to um, sit back and say, I'm not defining myself by that anymore is a really, it's a, it's a hard thing. And it's, it's super hard, you know, cause we black people, right? So we, we come from a history of folks telling us that if we can't prove that we deserve to be here, then we don't deserve to be here. So being able to break away from that is its own kind of rebellion. That is true. And 
Go ahead. I'm sorry. But I was going to say that is true. And I mean, it's it's inherently part of the black experience. I think here, not only for, you know, for us as African-Americans, but I think throughout the diaspora, we, we get a level of that. I mean, I don't know what it's like, you know, in non-colonized nations. Like, I don't know if they have that same type of work ethic and all that stuff. I mean, you hear about other countries um, who they, I mean, the way that they even approach, you know, there's no, like, work-life balance isn't a thing. You have a life. (laughs) And in your life, you might work. In this country, it's, no, you really are supposed to work all the damn time. Like, you're, you're really supposed to work all the time getting emails from bosses and shit at one in the morning which is something that happens right and i mean that's the thing well just like we talk about that for work but art is the same way uh even when it's the either the art that pays your bills or the art that's for fun you know a lot of stuff bleeds in right it's uh the same folks for you know people who have kids and are having to do things for school or again, you know, anything that we're talking about, like just that time, just it seeps over, well, and a lot of time it seeps over into like the time that you should be taking care of yourself. Well, that's because our survival is one hundred percent tied to our demonstrating our worth to some some entity, some institution, something. Right. So it makes it so that you can't even really take care of yourself you can't even really rest because you're really trying to survive and that's that's where you know it's not that you have a work-life balance like our country and that's what i I think i was getting to and other areas people have lives and in their lives they work in this country you don't get to have a life unless you work like (laughs) like, you can't get basic necessities unless you work no, you know, we, and you know, the, we we've shown, particularly the United States here in, you know, in in the face of this pandemic, that we will prioritize your your right to work over your right to live. So, you know, you it's not even really that. that. I mean, when you really get down to it, it's it, we are prioritizing shareholders' profits, um, and you know the 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 financial solvency of a very small percentage of people um and, and over everyone else's right to live it's 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 a, been a horrendous thing to witness but yet it's nothing new again we black so our lives were always forfeit <laughs> so that somebody else could profit like that's our history in this country right and i mean in our bodies and our ability to 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 reproduce and all these things have always been commodified yes so you know we're again we we've we're we're used to it uh for better and for worse and it's a thing that i think for us as black creatives we do have to be mindful of that Again, there's there's always that expectation, and so trying to rewrite that narrative or at least reclaim it for yourself, just that it is okay, you know. And again, we've got so many people, especially in this point, that whose jobs have been affected, 
And again, that that valuation and that worth has understandably taken a hit. I mean, that could be a financial hit. You know, mm-hmm. that could be an emotional or or professional hit. And you know, because we are in a we are in a crisis mode. Yes. So I I say that to say it's it's all right. You know that your your value and your existence is that's the value. And like you say, you know we don't always get seen as right to live versus right to right to serve right mm-hmm. it's like you're, you're able to be a part of our society as long as we can have some monetary value or residual value from the things that you did yeah. so i think it's a, a good part of of in some ways the world taking a step back from okay we have to be in this building at this place at this time and I'm trying to figure out, at least for me, the way to eke out the I am home and I do have more control over my day than I probably have had in a long time. So what's the best way to define a little bit more sustainability in that? But like all things, it's trial and error. And we're learning literally uh, and a lot of times at our own expense, whether that's, you know, unemployment or underemployment just the fact of just living in this pandemic and now living in the pandemic fall 2020 edition. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's, uh, it's a lot. And so like anybody listening, you know, just, just being here and being a part of it is, I, I want to say is enough, you know, it, you don't have to pick up or you don't have to do a single solitary thing, but just be here. Yep. And I think if we can at least just, put out and acknowledge that because yeah, we, we all know that it's just the holidays, especially for a lot of people is already a hard thing and trying to say now on top of that, where's your work, you know, show me what you up to, or, you know, how come you're not making things in the same speed, same fashion, same quality as you used to or at all. Yeah. I mean, I, I say that let's, let's try as, as we can to normalize, hey, you, you human being, you know, you're here and we and we appreciate you, not because of what you made, just because you made it, and and I think that'll be enough. Yes, it's it's you know, and it's a constant struggle. So I feel you on that. Um, I'm home a lot. <sighs> I'm home a lot, and I find that depending on what's going on that really affects what how my home life is um so like i have a day job and right now i'm grateful to have that day job because of everything that's going on like if i were like oh i'm going to do the convention route if i had said oh i'm going to do that hardcore this year oh i'd have been asked out so um, <laughs> but my day job is crap like the people who I work, they're full of shit. But that's that's a whole aside. But, right? They switched my job, and so that's caused a whole different way of how I have to work and think about work and adapt to it. And because it's a change that was out of my control, um, I find that that's eating up a lot of my emotional, creative energy as I'm trying to make that shift. And so I had to walk away from a lot of different you know, ideas that I had, like, I, you know, so one of the things I want to do is I want to, I want to write another comic. 
but my own comic. Like I write the story, um, I find the artists and and I'm still deciding how I want the format to be. Like it might just be like a zine, like a little short thing that may be a total of 15, 20 pages max of small different snippets. I'm not 100% sure yet, but that's something I had to start thinking about like a couple months ago and I was super excited about it and I was so gung-ho about it, but trying to manage the daytime stuff um, and the fact that the office that I work in where I do my writing and my creative stuff is also where I have to be during the day because I'm doing my day job. And so there are times where I'm in my office and I literally feel like this is the worst place on earth. This used to be my refuge. And now I hate being here half the time because always being home and working from this space at doing something I don't like makes me want to avoid this space when I want to do something I do like. So I've watched it manifest as I'm way, way, way more, I'll say visual now. Like, um, I don't, I talk about the OnlyFans online a lot. I don't talk about it on here because I'm still figuring out what that space is for me. But I've been doing so many different outfits and playing with makeup and playing with hair and playing with different looks and learning how to take better selfies and learning how to edit pictures and having fun playing with editing programs and all that stuff. And, but I haven't written anything. Like I sit there here intending to write something and my brain is just like, nope, nope. You should just go do something arts and craftsy on your body as opposed to, trying to write something out and that's how that's been a big shift for me because we know I'm a I'm an extremely verbal person and I write a lot at least I used to and now I'm just like I like I don't I think the last time I wrote an essay was like a month ago Mm. I'm not writing no I know what that's like I really do (laughs) (laughs) and you know I know you know, and I know that one of your, your many talents is award-winning essayist. So to come from your point of where you've written for blogs and, and written your, your thought pieces and, and in other parts, to come from that to say, I'm not writing. And again, myself as a, as a writer, I mean, I was already a slow writer. So I feel like I, I take that, that title with too much weight that I don't write it. I already didn't write enough. And so for me, I don't think it was as big as a fall, but I know that when that's your outlet or your release, and then you're saying, or you're seeing that your choices or the choices you feel forced to make is taking that away from you. Then like you say, the opportunity for the other parts of, of what used to be your sanctuary become the bars for your prison. Mm-hmm. And it's like, like you, you can see it. You can see the same computer you should be writing on is like now you're doing extra emails on for a work, mm-hmm. or you know, it's it is, and again, it, it's it's almost like a. Um, I'm trying to I'm trying to think of some analogy. I don't I don't have one right off. It's uh, it's just kind of like a it's a, a tragedy. It's like you're at home, and I was saying this to someone else. Is you know the this seems like it's a dream scenario, but it's almost a monkey paw wish. Like I wish I could work <laughs> from home, and now it's like you're stuck at home. And if you go outside, it's this deadly disease that'll get you. 
Or if you let somebody in your home, they can bring it in. Yep. And so, like, now we're in this very twilight zone, almost year remote work. And, you know, we have the technology. We have the jobs and availability. But everybody's miserable. Right? Yeah. I think as introverts is like, you know, just trying to say, like, this is it's not even to be careful what you wish for. Because I think that what it's done is, you know, it's exacerbated a lot of people in power's ability to be who they are. And it's just trickled down to, I think, the creative class that we always talk about. We want to, that we want to, we are part of and want to protect and, and want to exalt that they're feeling it more than ever. So there was already the premise that art and artistry is a, you know, suffer for your art type thing. But now it makes it where it's almost like, you know, living on your art is too dangerous to do. Yeah. Like you said, and, and I was one of those and I was kind of chuckling uh, behind my mic when you said like, you know, if I had put in on all these, <laughs> I put in all these uh, events and conventions, I'd really be in trouble. And I'm like, that's why I'm in trouble. Well, I did that. And you know, thought that the, the launch of Subsume and all these fantastic things were coming this summer and this fall. And it's like, no, <laughs> no, other words. no, no, it's not. And we're about to round a, a year and it doesn't seem to be in the future. Yeah. Yeah. This is, <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> this is to the worst case scenario, you know, so it's so fucked up. So when 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 the pandemic stuff started mm-hmm. back in, when I was starting to hear about it and pay attention to it back in February, and we're you know when we were still like okay we don't really understand this disease at all, but we recognize that it is being spread person to person and that we have to isolate. And so I was like, I, I told people I was like, I think I even wrote an essay about this. I said, you know what? We could have a best case scenario where we lock down for real, for real, and we get this shit under control, or we could do this half-ass thing, and it's going to drag out for, like, years. It's going to be ridiculous. And in the beginning, it looked a little hopeful. It looked like they were trying, but then you saw the constant walking back of... Wait, the states that straight up refused to close down, um, the local governments, the the state governments, and it was something that needed to come from the federal government. And the the ways that I mean, we just saw it. We saw it all unfold in the worst possible way. And I was like, this shit is gonna be out of control. And I'm like, I want to be wrong. This is something I want to be wrong about. Like hardcore, want to be wrong about. But when you know, I I told my boss back in the end of February, I was like, we're going to be sent home and I don't know when I'm going to see y'all again. So be prepared for that. And they looked at me like I was fucking crazy. <laughs> oh, well, well, profit. And I was like, this is about to be some long term shit if we don't do this right. And look at this now. Look, at I like. People were like, oh, we're going to have conventions in the summer. I was like, y'all need to give up that shit now. We're not having conventions this year. (laughs) That shit's done. If we are out of this by next summer, it will be amazing. Um, 
but this is going to be something that's going to be a continuing issue for a while. I don't know when we'll come back to. I I, I don't know if we'll get when we'll get back to. Oh, we can actually congregate again. But this is going to be a minute because even countries where they did lock down, even countries where they were like, oh, if you come out without a mask, we're arresting you. They had to shut down again. Like they've had to continue to deal with this. It's just it's a lot. It's a lot. So. All of that said, um, it is, it is like you said, that monkey paw wish. It is, it's too much. Like, I don't want to go to the office every day. I don't even want to go every week. But I, I, there were so many other things I would do that were outlets, and now I got nothing. Well, that's not true. My, my, my spouse bought me, um, an Oculus headset. So he's like, you can explore the world. You can explore space. You can go underwater with this big old block on your head. Have fun. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, and I've, I've got said Oculus, but to that, you know, the idea of escapism, I think, is we're too grounded in our reality. That yeah. A lot of this stuff doesn't have the same effect it used to be when you're free. Yeah. Right? So the idea of something like an Oculus or, or even a, uh, you know, a, a trip away from home, it just doesn't. It doesn't hold the same resonance because I think in the back of our minds, we all know, one, the world's coated with COVID. And so it's hard to enjoy when you're out or away. Mm-hmm. And then, two, even the things that would suspend your belief, it, it's just why well, our lens has changed. Yes. So I think if we are way more perceptive of, of what we can't do or when things are just in place to be a distraction. Right. Yes. So we get we get we get happy distractions right now. But it's it's always in the back of our mind because at this point we are creatures of habit and our habits change. And and even just not just the the nuanced habits of, you know, us doing things here, but the, the big habits, like the life altering habits have all changed. So I think we're all uncomfortable. And, you know, there's a there's a, a great part of uncomfort that leads to change. But then I think that's the is too much. But we're not seeing the, the change in a positive way. And we don't see the change in the, the thing that we do ourselves. I mean, and there's a, a, the other part of it is that a lot of our creative energy comes from being around other people. I know, like for me. This, this honestly, if I, if I, if my work were less intense, if, if, if my job hadn't changed, I am 100% sure I would be writing right now Um, and writing fiction because I have so fewer distractions from outside that I can actually like make that pocket that I need to focus on things. But unfortunately, you know, I still have my job and that shit is five days a week, like eight, nine hours a day. So it eats up a big chunk of it. And I'm still having these interactions that I that are actually really negative interactions for the most part that I'm having to recover from. And it's draining. But if that were if it were like lighter than what it was and this month, it's, it's a little lighter because we're not, we're hit the holiday season. But um, if it had been stayed what it was before i would have that time because the reason i wrote essays was me processing 
a lot of the stuff that was happening around me and to me and that I was experiencing. So it was me processing that and trying to, you know, kind of figure out what was going on and, you know, expressing it and then kind of working through it and boom, it was gone. That's one of the reasons I'm not writing essays now. I'm having so fewer interactions with people. My interactions with folks have to be so intentional and so deliberate. Like you have to work to have interactions with people now. (laughs) Like I have to make appointments with people so that I can talk to them. Whereas before you literally just left the house and you just, you know, and of course at the convention, you just were out and about running to people all day long. So it's just, it's changed a lot. So yeah, but the good thing about it, the, the one good thing is that I do get to take more time to rest And that had to become a huge priority for me. And um, I'm glad that I'm not happy that COVID happened and all this stuff, but I'm happy that I I do have more time to say, you know what, I'm just going to detach from everything and just go and, I don't know, take a bath, play this Oculus, paint my toenails, whatever. Because I didn't used to paint my toenails because I couldn't sit still long enough to let them dry. Well, again, that's, that's when when time was was generous and it seemed like, again, it, it was always available. It's always accessible, um, not only for time, but people and places. And yeah, when, it, when it's all shifted, what, what can we do? Especially when we need those things to, to help replenish our our view and i think also our just creative energy mm-hmm. and as you said earlier you know we're all also social creatures whether or not you know it's the ability to have too much or not enough but just to have that choice taken away yeah i think in itself is the detrimental no matter if you're introvert extrovert or something or somewhere in the middle and you know because not only do we want as creatives and as artists to be around people, we want people to see what we're, we're doing and have that, you know, some point of resonance of, of us living and communicating through our art. But even that's kind of been altered in, in not even in a, a, a digital space, I think, but I think in just the way that, again, I think we said it a moment ago, the way that we see things has just shifted. And so it, it's hard to, it's just hard to gauge. It's just so many things we've taken for granted that we can't anymore. There are so many things that we we took as the norm, and now that norm is not the norm. And it's it was a really hard shift. It's been a really hard shift. It continues to be a hard shift. You know, the fact that getting together with neighbors and stuff is a whole other deal, and you worry about it. The fact that when you're around people, you have to have a mask over your mouth. I hate the masks. Mainly because I wear glasses and once, you know, it gets moist, uh, (laughs) my glasses Mm -hmm. fog up and (laughs) they're like, that means you're wearing your mask wrong. And I'm like, or it could just be I'm wearing a cloth mask. Either way, you know, it's still something that is it makes socializing unpleasant then you're worried is this person going to expose me have they been exposed like i did something goofy over the weekend i I went to a i did a photo shoot on saturday and um there was anxiety 
all the way up until the photo shoot. There is anxiety during the photo shoot. And now there's anxiety after the photo shoot because it's like, you know, there were there were some group shots where we didn't have on masks. And I'm like, no one knows. No one tested. No one knows if anybody has it. My husband won't kiss me now because he's like, I don't know what you got. And, <laughs> and I'm in this waiting period to see if any symptoms show up and, you know, going to get tested after seven days. Pictures are beautiful, but there's this question now. I'm like, was it fucking worth it? If I get sick, will it have been worth it? If he gets sick, will it have been worth it? Like now, every every decision that we make is harm reduction. We're trying to do harm reduction all the time. Yeah, and and I'm here thinking, you know, and one, I, I did get a chance to follow on social some of your shoot, and I definitely want to have you elaborate on that because I think that this looks like a you know, another great project of yours. So I definitely want to get a little bit more insight of what, again, made you risk it all for this uh, outdoor shoot. But, uh, you know, I'm also thinking that, you know, talking about harm reduction and was it worth it? And I'm thinking, you know, I just went out just for some bacon bits for <laughs> my, my uh, Alfredo. And like you say, am I willing, you were risking it all. It's like, well, I'll risk it all for some bacon bits. From and the answer was yes. <laughs> I'll make my family sick and do whatever it takes to get this on, on this uh, on this plate of food. Isn't but, that uh, like, but, but it's like that though. It's like you know, and I'm thinking, you know, and 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 not to ramble, but that that's the level of choice that we're at. Yes. And, and here this for this fall is, you know, as cases spike and all the things around the world seem to are regressing back to the mean of. This thing ain't playing, and you better sit down somewhere. And like those things like that, we just literally just take for granted. Okay, I'm just gonna run to the store and back, you know. And you know, there is no quarantine after that. Um, and again, because I'll do it again tomorrow, I'm sure for something. Uh, until either there's a pain point that I can't take, or our wise up, and it's just again. We're just talking about the most innocuous things, but but though, but that's going all the way back to where we were of, you know, our perspective and our perception of stuff just changed so much. How do we then get a chance to truly indulge in what should be the prime time to be making things? But like you said, we we have this. It. But I say, yeah. It's a lot. I mean, I like I tell people all the time because I'm I'm having to tell this to myself all the time. Be kind to ourselves. Be gentle with ourselves, and expect accept the fact that we're not going to respond well to this. You can't. There's no way you can respond well to this, and it's so frustrating. So, my job we had uh, right before Thanksgiving, <laughs> we had a, a meeting. It was a a meeting for the entire like group that. I work with, and I mean, okay, I work with like six different groups, and so all the groups got together to have a a big old meeting, um, department meeting, basically, to talk about, you know, and they wanted to have a period of, let's talk about what we're thankful for, right? Right. And so, like, 
the supervisors were thankful that we were being productive and that even though we had to make so many changes, we were able to, you know, shift gears and still do the work that we're supposed to do that, you know, is so important to the organization. And then the people who aren't in leadership were talking about how grateful they were to be alive because several of them got COVID. Several of them lost family members to COVID. And we're like, so you're sitting up here applauding us for doing work. And these motherfuckers, people are out here talking about how they try not to die. Yeah. And that disconnect that exists and, and, and listening to it. And it's just like, man, our, our values are so fucked up. It, oh, it was like, I actually left that meeting and was upset for a while. Because I'm like, one of the people who was talking is like, I'm still recovering. Because, you know, people, the, they have the, what, the long haulers, the ones who they get the fatigue and it lasts for months and they're having symptoms for months and they still don't understand everything about how it works and what it's attacking and so forth. So there's all these, you know, things that are still happening and people are still trying to figure it out. And you're just like, the fact that you, I, like, I'm like, how are you even on this call? But they need to have to be on the call because they need to have the job so that they have the income and they can have the insurance so they can keep getting care. How fucked up is this? I think part of it is that the senselessness is is become normality. It's just we we've changed our definition of what's valuable and what's important and that we've seen senselessness from our government and from the people that are our neighbors right and i mean whether or not we'll, i'm sure we'll get to the election and some things obviously at some point but we've seen senselessness win the day and just she seemed to keep going yeah, and, continues and, to win the day. And, and it just continues to win the day. It's just senselessness and ignorance and just outright hate. And where we would think we're better than this, again, I think we were saying it earlier of you know, we're just seeing how how we as humans and how we as humanity are have just regressed. And we're not built for this. I don't really think we we've just... regressed. I think that we found this weird equilibrium where um, progress was so slight and so slow that it it didn't feel as threatening. And then when Obama became president, a lot of people saw that as a direct threat to their existence. And then that changed a lot of behavior. I can't only say it changed a lot of behavior. I think it it caused uh, a, a knee jerk reaction to to hold on to what they assume is their power, and they became they're, they're, it 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 just <sighs> encouraged the violence that. You know, unfortunately, is how you know they they operate, <laughs> and to maintain what they believe their position in society is, even because it's really truly tied to whiteness. But that's a whole other conversation. Um, 
I don't even want to talk about that. Like, I don't even want to talk about the election. Like, you mentioned bringing up the election, and I'm like, this. All I want to say about the election is that I ejected hardcore. I had edibles every day that week, and boom, I tried to just let it pass over me. I did what I could. I voted, you know, and then I let it pass over me. Well, in all fairness, thank you for voting. That's that's the key. (laughs) And you know, then I don't, I don't think there's that's all we can ask people to do, right? And I mean, again, I'm not going to make that a, a conversation piece. I'm fine not doing that. And I think it's just out of it is just leading up to it and the effects thereafter. Again, I think it it does make a point of showing who we truly are. And I think it's one of those where we're 50% one way and we're 50% another way. And it's just, it's so, it's the margin of of flipping that switch to decency and indecency is, is just the, it's just the call, it's just a flip of a coin. And I think that's a shame because I think we used to be a little bit better than that. And again, I say we as, I think that there was a point of we understood that we had to take care of each other, even though we may not like the person or the color of their skin or some other parts, that there was still some sense of understanding of what humanity was as a whole. But I think when it becomes that people are willing to just sacrifice their own, then it's it's a, it's a point of regression. Because now it's not even a I'm going to save my people. It's like, it's, I don't even think it's a, I'm going to save myself. I think it's a, we just want to see where this goes because, you know, economically things still are flowing. And for some people, again, yeah, for some people, but it's the people that continue to basically be able to push, push the world forward. And so again, not to make this a, you know, a dissertation in that sense, but, I say it to say that we we are on the cusp of something and we got to figure it out because our situation is not going to change overnight. Right. And I think that's kind of where, at least from an election standpoint, that's over. And you know, there's other parts that are, still need to come into play, but it's not going to be a sweeping change for the things that we're talking about right now. No, it never and, has been. Right. But I think it's just with the pandemic on top of it, it's just that's really the part that it really doesn't care about whether or not we voted who <laughs> we voted for. Because all the things that we said that are are, are altering our reality are still firmly in place yep. and getting more firm and more firm by by the day. So I think that then goes into at least the the second part of the show or what we have remaining in, well, what have we been doing in in light of all of this? And again, that's not a, hey, we have to have done something, but we've been doing things and we do want to, as always here at Do Wakanda, acknowledge and appreciate the the point of art, but I think it's the additional appreciation of, of what it's taken to do art in 2020, if we can say it that way. So we've taken a fair amount to say of all the, the perils and pitfalls that have befallen us and, and we see lining up to, to try to 
catch us yet again or or find another way to to infiltrate or or be a part of the reason why we don't do things. But I want to just make sure that we give ourselves and those in in uh, who are listening to us the the credit of trying is succeeding in this case. If you even tried anything, I think we, we need to be, you know, giving a, a rousing applause because we are still in a space where art is is extremely needed and like voices and particularly you know, the voices of, of the communities we want to see that we all know are underrepresented are extremely valuable. They're more rare, they're more of a commodity at this space. And to that, we do still see where people are still out and about and doing things. So again, we just want to thank and acknowledge we have done some stuff. And that's just a testament to I think just a testament to us as art as artists. It's a testament to us as artists that you know art is life and art is a, a means of not just survival but of experience. And so I just wanted to just go right back to your photo shoot because I know we talked about it just a moment ago. Yeah, tell us about what you were were doing there and yeah, let's just let us hear that things actually still went on. <laughs> so that one was an interesting one. So the the there's a photo photography team, um, Auri Singletary and Desiree Dennis. And I, I don't remember what they call them. They have a, they call it themselves a team now. And um, they wanted, they were working on a witches photo series that they started back in, I want to say August. And they, they've done, it was a series of four, maybe five different shoots. Um, I think I'm in the fourth batch. So they had, um, they had like green witches, like nature witches. They've had, uh, hearth witches. They've had, uh, I was part of the sea witch or water witch set. And there was another one where it was a little spooky. I mean, it looked really cool, but, you know, and I don't know if they're doing a, a last one. This might have been the last set that they were doing, but they've been working on this for months. Had a project manager. They got the outfits. They planned the looks. We just kind of, you know, they told us to, what undergarments to bring and where to show up at. Um I was totally outside my comfort zone the entire time. Um, we went to the Roswell Mill, which has waterfalls up there. And they wanted us to be in the water a little bit. <laughs> so here it is, Thanksgiving weekend. There's mm. all these people out there because people did not pay attention to, you know, stay home and nothing. They were still doing shit. Um, so we're we, so I can't even look down on them. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and we're we had to scale down the hill um which i was uncomfortable with had to be barefoot we're dressed in white in the mud so that was an interesting experience and um it was like and i was older than everybody there by like a lot by like a teenager's age like i was fi like 15 years older than the the next oldest person um <laughs> So the whole thing, like it, it ended up being really cool, but yeah, it was, 
it was just levels of because we get to the park and i mean there were, it was hard to find parking there were so many people there and i mean constantly and we had to get changed outside or in the they had a bathroom there but the bathroom felt so unsafe because it was a, an enclosed but mostly unventilated room where you know it had different stalls but there were people coming in and out from you know, so you're now you're sharing air with folks. You're wearing your mask, but you're still, you know, sharing air with people. And a lot of people at the park were not wearing masks because they're like it's outside, so they don't feel like they had to. So, uh, there were still a lot who were, but still, you're just like this is just this is the opposite of what I'm supposed to be doing. Uh, <laughs> and I, I really like I, up until. We actually started getting dressed. I was ready to cancel. Like, I almost canceled several times because I was like, this just feels really like a bad idea considering everything that's going on right now. But I I had met Auri, um actually at Subsume last year. Um, well, prior to that, I'd seen her, but I invited her to be on the photography panel for Subsume. Um, because I'd seen her work and I liked it. And so I wanted to have an opportunity to learn more about what it was that she did. So I said, you know, I'm going to do this panel on photographers. Would you like to be a part? And so she came and she did it. And, um, that's kind of how we got on each other's radar. Well, she was already on my radar. That's how I got on her radar. Um, (laughs) Oh, that's very cool. So, yeah, that and so I've just every time he looks for models, I've been like, hey, if you're interested, because I looked at her shoots and most of her shoots were like in her backyard. There's hardly anybody there. I didn't think it would be a big deal, but this one was more of a group one. And I'm like, of all the I should have just paid her. But I haven't been paying anybody for shoots because I've been trying to stay home. I felt like I think a part of me, I really miss people. I'm an ambivert. I'm an introvert, extrovert. So I get energy from people, but I'm also drained by people. I get energy from being alone, but I'm also drained by being alone. So I, it just depends on what I need and having no contact with other people or only online contact with other people is just, it's not good enough. I, I like being in the physical space with people and f- that energy exchange that happens. And this year has totally yocked that up. So it's really hard. It, 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 like, And I wanted to work with her. Um, so it was something where it was such a tempting thing. And I said, you will regret this more if you don't do it. And then afterwards, I was like, you will regret this more if you get sick. <laughs> This this is hard to this this is a really hard time to navigate stuff. But yeah, Subsume is what you know gave me the opportunity to at least get to work with her initially, and that brings us around to you actually hosting your virtual Subsume, which I still can't believe you did that shit. Hello. I had my head down. And I said, and I muted that one. But okay, I was. Oh, we almost got through, and I had to make a cut. But um, yeah, I mean the Subsume Summit 2020. Uh, I felt like that that was. I don't know, I'm, I'm trying to think of it the right way. 
So being able to do Subsume 2020 absolutely wasn't the on paper the right thing to do. Um, you know, I, I've been coming out of a, a horror situation, and I mean, and and in good advice, you were telling me, and and <laughs> and I should have listened. Honestly, I mean, just looking back at it, it would make it would have made sense to not try to have uh, Subsume uh, for for the uh, second time. So. For those who may not have had a chance to catch it last year, Subsume Summit was the creator event that we had at the Auburn Avenue Research for African-American Culture and History, uh, where we had an in-person event that we're trying to bring together all these creators and artists and cosplayers and social innovators into one route to collaborate and, and have stories like yours be the, be the thing, you know, be able to break down barriers and be able to introduce people across disciplines that you know, have like ideas and, and energies and, and see them make stuff. So it does my heart good to hear that something came out of, out of that struggle last year, uh, like a story like that. So thank you for sharing that and getting to this year where so many events went virtual and the experiences have been okay. Right. I mean, I think we were all, we're all zoom meeting out. We all have a billion emails now, but everybody knows that everybody's at home. So we all are bombarded from the idea of we're all in front of the computer way too much. We're all in front of all these devices too much. Why would you spend money you don't have and then pull other people who don't have, uh, who don't, don't have things uh, in the same, in, as, as they would have it and then try to do a show. And, you know, we crammed this thing right after um, Multiverse here uh, in Atlanta, which is a, a, a big and uh, it's the second year for them as well, um, convention. And, you know, they, they focus on science fiction uh, and, and a lot of very similar things. So we wouldn't have missed out with so much if we didn't do it. But I took it as a personal challenge that, I had to have something this year that that I felt like went right, that at least I tried despite it all. And the way that we set the digital space up is I got a chance to partner with this company who they built a, a virtual platform. And when I was first coming out of travel from basically COVID restrictions, you know, this was kind of one of the first projects I'd been working on. And being able to find and, and talk with the founders and being able to kind of be an early prototyper with them, it was uh, a cool way to say, okay, this is a way we could meet. And, you know, but it, again, the thing, the thing then wasn't that I didn't think we'd be this deep into the stay at home, not here towards the end of the year, um, where the idea of something like this would have been a little bit more innovative. And I say that to say that I'd already spent a fair amount of money into this, but definitely not as much as it would have been to still try to make this thing go. And so I just went for it. And I felt like I just needed a win, that something was going to happen. And it took a lot out of me, uh, as, as these things do. I think the idea of a convention and, I mean, with you, with Black Girl Geek Out and your success of doing that last year and, you know, being able to do all this stuff, it takes a lot. It takes a team and it takes a lot out of a team. And I'm thankful to say that 
I had some folks really, really get in my corner, particularly over at Georgia State, who saw what I was doing last year. And though we couldn't collaborate in the way that we wanted to this year, um, you know, they really came through and and helped me find, I think, like the energy and some of the finances to to make this thing happen, because it was right there to, uh, like you're saying about your item. I about gave up on it a couple times, if, if I'm just being honest. Mm-hmm. And it was, you know, everyone, and yourself included, was like, it's okay if you don't do something. And I think it was just the idea of, I mean, I get the shot again. So let me just, especially for a second year of a program. And I'm thankful to say it really did come across well. Because there's so many people I should be thinking and could be thinking um, that that really came through. and. Yeah, uh, I think that being able to make this space, particularly knew it was before an election when we had so many people that wanted to voice, basically hear their voice heard, not only from an election standpoint, but from a, an appreciation of Black Lives Matter and, and the resonance of, of just looking at, you know, all the variations of what that means for not just Black people, but, you know, but or black inclusiveness, but or for black LGBTQIA plus or or transgender or just rep saying I'm here and just being part of it. So we actually had a very good turnout um, in the digital space where you made an avatar, you came in, you actually talked. Uh, we had uh, Camilo Sandara from Monkey Paul Productions who worked on. Um, Lovecraft Country, she came through and she was our keynote speaker. Uh, we had a couple of professors from Georgia Tech and Georgia State that work in the speculative fiction and all kinds of, of cool spaces from CMI came through. And then we just had our creators and, and made a space where uh, the way that we designed it is you could virtually go to people's tables. And, and people that are familiar with like The Sims or mm-hmm. Second Life, it's a, it's a fully 3D platform. So like you could actually walk up and talk to people in that space. And yeah, it, it was a great experience. And of course, nothing beats talking to people in person. But when I look at it, you know, I felt like I did something better than San Diego Comic-Con did. And like, you know, this, these multi-million dollar people with budgets and things like that. Like, I think there was an authenticity that, that we were able to keep. But at the same time, try to give folks that hope that, you know, we'll be here again next year. And honestly, the kind of close all this rambling is that's why <laughs> I really did it is because I wanted to be like, I'll be here next year and things will be better. So if I do have my tentpole event, even if it's in a smaller scale, it's a way to say I'll be here next year because mm-hmm. it really wasn't feeling like uh, with losses and speaking right now with with fresh losses that I'm starting to realize that yeah, that that this is what's going to be left it is the it's the effort and and the try, you know, and it's it doesn't have to be in the success. And so I'm starting to appreciate just the trying. And so in hindsight, I'm glad I did it. Um, financially, it was a huge, huge uh, endeavor that, again, even with support still, uh, I'm trying to figure out why, why did I do this? Because I'm here in, in the uh, the month and the month half after, it's still uh, 
it's still a, a sunk cost. But I'm happy to hear like the same story like you told about how it might be last year. I hope that something like that happens this year. And then that's that's what I want out of this. And that's what I want out of all of the things that I hope I do is like it's a point of connectivity um, between folks like that. So that's really been my my main thing. I'm still working on Sorghum. Uh, it's it's done. It's just a problem is I'm done. <laughs> I haven't had I haven't had the energy to put the pieces together and hit send. I mean, that's just what it is. So again, you know, shout out to our folks there and it'll be out at the end of the year uh, in a digital format, at least. But just with COVID and printing and the size of those books. Um, yeah, it's just been it's hard lot. to get it. It's a lot. And, and I'm and I'm OK with saying it's a lot. But again, I also felt like the last part of that is showing folks that yeah, that they're, I'm here and that we will get to it and we'll get these books out. So that's really been my major thing. And again, I'm trying to tie it all back to the trying to put myself first or at least in the in the top tier position of if I don't finish stuff, it's okay. As long as I'm okay. That that's still that's still a part of that struggle that Sorghum and Spear is uh an indelible part of. But I'm happy to say that project is done. It's just, it's literally the production of getting it out. So once that's done, I think the rest of this, this year, what we have left will feel a little bit more viable to, to be better about my survival next year. I think people, I know this is true. We all underestimate the amount of work it takes to actually do the things that we do. Um, I do it all the time. I do it with my cosplay. Like somebody once asked me how I I made my Proxima Midnight cosplay, right? And I was like, oh, you know, I just made a helmet and I made a glove and, you know, covered it with this and then I painted myself and got this wig and blah, blah, blah. And then I went back because fortunately um, I like to take progress shots a lot of times when I'm working on things. And I had taken all of these progress shots of the work that I was doing. And when I started going through the pro the, the progress photos, I was like, this was a lot of damn work. Like I was right. I was doing like holy crap, this was so much work. And you and when you're done, you look at it and I always look at the finished product and I'm like, it's alright. And <laughs> I, I forget how much actual effort went into doing every single piece of what it was that I was doing. And, and so, yeah, it does make it difficult to appreciate the work that we've done. And so it's good. And I'm glad that you continue to make that a part of, you know, our show that we talk about the, the accomplishments and the effort that goes into it um and like with your books like you you're talking about it's just getting you know getting it actually published and printed that's the hardest part and i'm like no every single step of this conceiving it you know coming up with the project plan you know getting the people to you to collaborate doing the building the collaborative relationships actually doing the production stuff the editing, right. you know, the compiling, all every single step of it is like twenty steps. 
we we bring it break it down to make it, it sound like it's only 10 steps but each step is like 20 more steps you know you're right it's a lot of work it's a lot and to have somebody read that shit in the day and come back to you and be like where's the next one make you want to hurt them you're like I'm happy you love it and I'm glad that you're interested in being a repeat customer but I really would like to choke the shit out of you for reading that shit that fast and having the audacity to ask me that question (laughs) yeah after the years of work it took to do this part (laughs) no I mean to your point we're we're learning it uh, and I think we're really trying to make it. I don't know. Trying to think, we're really trying to make it where. I'm trying to think of the right way to say it, and I'm gonna have to cut this out. I feel like we're we're trying to train ourselves to, to try to tune out a lot of that, like a kind of like the ambient or alternate noise of of why are we doing this, right? Like kind of the at least for me, the voices that are that normally aren't as loud as they are now because everything's just exacerbated by fear of death and fear of failure, you know, mixed up at the same time. So normally we don't deal with it with this degree of difficulty. And I feel like we're having to yeah, navigate this new normal. I mean, it's just what it is. Yeah. This new normal is terrible. Yeah, they can they can definitely have it back. It's uh, <laughs> this, is, this, is, this I can't I I don't think I can take anything else. Just in a freaking sense, uh, I can't not and uh, and try to hold together any sense of of who I am right now as far as uh, functional human that's responsible for other humans. I I don't know if there's going to be anything else uh, for me, but I am learning that. There is a, a tolerance that that can be reached, but at the same time, I think we've got an incredible capacity to to take stuff like this and and things optimistically be better. I mean, be better at, be better in the rebuild. Maybe not better now, and it's not better to um, <laughs> to a lot of people. And I think that time is not a short. Oh, it's just a, it's just a roll around. It's just around the bend. I think it's the idea that I always hearken it to, and I had a chance to do an interview with someone about it. Um, the idea, like these type of conditions that we talk about, and this is not to compare it to our, our, our enslaved ancestors, but even in the worst of circumstances, like the idea of dreams and and being able to create and do things is is still possible. So at least in the sense that that possibility can always exist no matter your circumstance, gives me an idea that we've been here before, uh, particularly as, and I guess I'm speaking more to the the black experience in it, in in America, but we've had so much worse than this, and again I think it's the ideal of you know look at the things that came out of it and the progress. But again, the, it's the pain points mm-hmm. that that just gives. But but again, it, it leaves me optimistic that out of all of this, something good will come. And I think the part of that, and my key is, do I get to come out of this along with whatever the good thing is? is at least in the best sense of self as I can right now. 
And so that's my that's my struggle, but also my appreciation of trying my best to yeah to make it. And so it definitely won't be from a lack of trying. Right, right. I mean, all we can do is keep doing. Um, now that I've hit this point where I'm like being having joy in my life and having fun in my life and pleasurable things in my life and you know kind of nurturing that aspect of my humanity you know so that it's no longer a frivolous thing for me and it's more online with the I need to you know it's part of my emotional health that has had a significant impact on changing just even how I view things. And so, yeah, I I talk about how I'm not writing and how weird that feels, but at the same time, you know, I'm okay with it because apparently, you know, I'm, I just need time and space and, you know, it's, it's freeing me up to try other things and to do other things and be different you know, and what it is that I'm doing. And that's actually been, and this is, this is the one thing I'm thankful. One of the, the few things I'm thankful for my day job for, because my survival is not tied to me delivering what people expect of me. Um, I, I can change my direction whenever I feel like it. I know consistency is like one of the hallmarks of success. Um, and I think there are some things I could be consistent about, but there are other things I can't be. And because um, I don't want to be because it sounds like hell. Um I, like and honestly, I don't really have any big draw to give people what they like. I I want to do things that speak to me, and it's not always going to be the same thing. So being able to do that is, I know it's a, a privilege and a luxury, um, and I really appreciate that. And this time, this downtime has given me, has just shown me. I mean, I I could be forcing myself to write. I'm glad that I'm not. I'm glad that I've decided, you know, that I'm just going to do other things and just you know, basically chase joy. I, I I like that I have that freedom. Yeah. And I think that's the, I think that's the point to close it on right there is <laughs> try, honestly, try to find a way to chase joy. I mean, cause it is such a, a precious commodity right now. And I mean, I think that joy in finding that joy in where we are, if we can at least do that, and and find our best path and, and most realistic path to it, then that's that's the ask, I think, for for what we can ask of each other and try to ask of ourselves to try to make it. Because again, that's just to really reiterate, you know, everybody's important and everybody's too valuable and we you know, folks aren't replaceable. Um right. everybody everybody's uniqueness and and right to exist as they are and as, as they would be is is worth fighting for. So I tell everybody, you know, as you can fight. You know, yes. This is not uh, a, def- a defining moment for not just humanity, but for ourselves to be to be our best selves. So I say, 
if there's anything that I can do and, you know, to, to in any way try to help folks, you know, that I, I'm here to help. And to that, I'm having to learn that in saying that out loud to others that I have to say and treat myself the same way. Say no to some shit. One day, <laughs> one day I might say no, believe me. Uh, that no, that no was almost here. <laughs> I mean, it really was. I'm, 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 I'm at least equipping the no's, whether or not they get used or not. But, uh, but no, uh, I can say I have, I've said no since last, uh, since our last show, uh, because, like for example, I have uh, the subsume uh, was going to have a holiday kind of Black Friday event, and I said no, so I can't do it. I mean, it was just one of those things. Um, you know, unfortunately, with uh, we had another loss in my family, that would have been another way to just power through and say, you know what, I need to do something for um, Black Friday or Cyber Monday. And I said no. And then I put a note that I was going to do it this week. And I'm going to get up here tomorrow and say no. I'm mm-hmm. like, no, I, I, I just can't do it. And you know what? I'm finding that in doing that stuff, there is no – there's no destruction of my character or my brand or anything like that. And, you know, it's, it's starting to be okay. You know, and my thing right now was just let me focus on a a thing or two and the rest of it just has to go. And so you, you know, you were um, asking me here at the beginning of the show and I'll, I'll, I'll throw it back to close of, you know, do you plan? Do you have a schedule? Do you have a calendar for this stuff? And and my response was, I oh I have a calendar. It's just it's just overwritten with so much unrealistic goals, you know. Like I you know I want to do thirty things a day, um, and now it's to a point I probably do a third of a thing a day, and get way more accomplished mm-hmm. in just in just in that sense. So, um, you know I know I would love to close it out with your thoughts, and yeah we will. Keep our our survivability and hopes high to uh, to keep it going from here. All right, let's do that. All right. Uh, any closing thoughts on your side, and for at least the things as as far as just in some. I mean, uh, you know, I kind of I kind of said it, you know, and you reiterated it. Chase that joy. Um, this this forced isolation has caused some forced introspection. Uh, <laughs> mm. We've got so many less distractions to that we can use to to shy away from the stuff that makes us uncomfortable. So um, just I think we need to pay attention to that for sure. This is personal growth to me is always a thing that we're constantly doing. I think that's just a constant part of the human experience, but also, you know, figure out what things you've been doing that you've just been doing out of habit, not out of either necessity or because you actually enjoy them and maybe start pruning that shit out of your life. Cause it ain't gotta be like that. You know, like it just, I there there are things I'm never going to go back to once things open back up. 
there's shit I'm never going to do again. And I already know it. I can't tell you what it is right now, but you know, it was like, I got sick once and I was unable to eat like leafy greens for several months because of a medication I was on. And I had been eating a lot of vegetables because you're supposed to eat vegetables. When I was finally allowed to eat vegetables again, there were some vegetables I realized I never liked and they never came back. I never started eating them again. <laughs> this is that time to kind of do that kind of evaluation with your life. You know, what things were you doing that you were just doing because it's something you've always done, but you never really thought about whether you liked it hmm. or whether you needed to do it and then get rid of that shit. So that I think that's something that's a good actionable thing <laughs> that I can sign off on this podcast saying. <laughs> Just get rid of it. No, that no, that's true. I mean, that actionable, actionable items, and 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 follow your joy. I think though, I think that's more than enough to get us into the next episode of not only New Wakanda, but the next episode of of this new life that we're all in. So, again, I appreciate you, Talin, and thank you so much for sharing and being part of this. And thank everybody for listening to our show. And that is another episode of New Wakanda. So with that, thank you so much. Appreciate y'all and keep on creating. Take care.